that exalts Christ, and by teaching what accords with the gospel, it will be laid to our account if our people are like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4, 12, and 14. More importantly, eternal life hangs in the balance. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. How we live and what we teach will make a difference in whether people obey the gospel or meet Jesus in the fire of judgment. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. This is why Paul was so provoked at the false teaching in Galatia. It was another gospel and would bring eternal ruin to those who embraced it. This accounts for his unparalleled words, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. Galatians 1.8 Getting the good news about Jesus right is a matter of life and death. It is the message by which you are being saved. 1 Corinthians 15.2 If righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Therefore, the subject matter of this book, justification by faith apart from works of the law, is serious. There is as much riding on this truth as could ride on any truth in the Bible. If righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Galatians 2.21 And if Christ died for no purpose, we are still in our sins, and those who have died in Christ have perished. Paul called down a curse on those who bring a different gospel because all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, Galatians 3.10, and he would spare us this curse. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law, Galatians 5.4. And if we are severed from Christ, there is no one to bear our curse because Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3.13. I hope that the mere existence of this book will raise the stakes in the minds of many and promote serious study and faithful preaching of the gospel, which includes the good news of justification by faith apart from works of the law. Romans 3.28, Galatians 2.16. N.T. Wright My conviction concerning N.T. Wright is not that he is under the curse of Galatians, 1, 8, and 9, but that his portrayal of the gospel, and of the doctrine of justification in particular, is so disfigured that it becomes difficult to recognize as biblically faithful. It may be that in his own mind and heart Wright has a clear and firm grasp on the gospel of Christ and the biblical meaning of justification. But in my judgment, what he has written will lead to a kind of preaching that will not announce clearly what makes the lordship of Christ good news for guilty sinners or show those who are overwhelmed with sin how they may stand righteous in the presence of God. Nicholas Thomas Wright is a British New Testament scholar and the Anglican Bishop of Durham, England. He is a remarkable blend of weighty academic scholarship, ecclesiastical leadership, ecumenical involvement, prophetic social engagement, 
popular Christian advocacy, musical talent, and family commitment. As critical as this book is of Wright's understanding of the gospel and justification, the seriousness and scope of the book is a testimony to the stature of his scholarship and the extent of his influence. I am thankful for his strong commitment to Scripture as his final authority, his defense and celebration of the resurrection of the Son of God, his vindication of the deity of Christ, his belief in the virgin birth of Jesus, his biblical disapproval of homosexual conduct, and the consistent way he presses us to see the big picture of God's universal purpose for all peoples through the covenant with Abraham, and more. In this book, my hope, most remotely, is that Wright might be influenced to change some of what he thinks concerning justification and the gospel. Less remotely, I hope that he might clarify, in future writings, some things that I have stumbled over. But most optimistically, I hope that the